0: Hello everyone, welcome to the 16th episode of the Women Startup Leader Series. In this series, key female ecosystem players from Bangladesh and beyond will discuss faces of angel investing and all things startup. In this episode, we have Tipali Nangia as speaker, Ayana Khan and Meherin Uzma, analysts at BAN, as co moderators.
1: Dipali Nangya is an advisor to female founders and an angel investor with a keen interest in digital health, fintech, and sustainability. Dipali invests in female founders, mixed teams, and some of the investments include uh, Live Better With, Pension B, Pop Poly Pop, Parla, Fenera, Kama Labs, Sanogenetics, Uh, Shellworks, SideQuest, Juno Bio, and Clone. She's also a co founder at Alma Angels, which was set up to uh, democratize and demystify angel investing and create more female angel investors that invest in female founders. She's also an atomical angel and a venture partner at Speed Invest, where she focuses on female founders. Dipali is the UK Business Angels Association's Angel Investor of the Year as well. So today we will hear from her about Alma Angels, supporting early stage, early stage tech founders with the right tools, barriers to, uh, that female founding teams face in attracting investments, investing in early stage uh, tech startups and more. Welcome to band Dipali.
2: Thank you for having me. Not sure there are many Deepali. women in the room, but it would be great in any case. Uh, to talk uh, about my, my investment thesis. So thank you for having me.
1: It's a pleasure, it's a pleasure. So we kind of uh, uh, like to start these sessions with learning more about the background of our speakers. So we'd love to learn about you know where did you grow up and what did you aspire to be when you were younger?
2: I wish I had uh, some, you know, big aspirations. I grew up actually in Kolkata, uh, in in West Bengal and uh, spent about the first 18 years of my life there. My father was a scientist and he actually uh, set up his own company by commercializing what he built in the lab uh, into into a very successful business. And I left home at 18 um, and uh, unlike what my father really wanted me to me probably wanted me to be a doctor because I was Asian but um, I chose to study finance and you know once I st- chose to study finance then I really wanted to go down the investment banking route, which is what I did. So uh, out of university I went to work on Wall Street uh, so, so, so I'm not really sure I had really major aspirations beyond that uh, as a child but yeah I did go into investment banking and then went into the private equity side for several years and then into the corporate world before I really became a freelancer on my own.
1: Thank you for that. And it's interesting that you know to learn about your Bengali roots. Um, I'm curious. Do you know how to speak in Bengali? I do know Bangla. Yes, I do speak in Bengali. Obviously, I'm
2: not as good as I probably was when I was living there. But yes, uh, I still do speak it. I, I break out into it every now and then when I see another Bengali person. So
1: yeah yeah absolutely um so diving deeper into you know your background um how did you get involved in the vc industry and angel investing
2: so you know when i left the city i was working at, at a corporate and i left uh, i'm trying to remember maybe it was uh, about 9 years ago now uh, i had the local government actually set up an angel syndicate so obviously i had done growth stage investing before but um, because of my background, then the government asked me if I would uh, join as an advisor uh, because they wanted to set up a local syndicate and it wasn't in support of women. It was just an angel syndicate. It was quite early, still quite early in the tech ecosystem in the UK. There were not as many players. Um, and uh, that's how I got involved in early stage. I, I ran that syndicate for four years and that's when I started promoting more female founders and also trying to encourage more women to become angel investors obviously not at the same scale as now because Alma is growing really rapidly but but that's when I really got involved into early stage and and, and my foray into VC was really earlier this year but last year um, I was talking to a few funds about joining one of them as a venture partner and ended up joining Speed Invest um, and again with the same focus that I have, which is female founders and, and really started it in VC this year. Having said that, I have done VC several years ago, but on the growth side.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. And, um, you know, diving deeper into your, you know, current role with Speed Invest, we're currently a venture partner. So, you know, what does the role look like? Um, what does your day to day tasks look like? Um, and uh, another question I had was, you know, how do or how do you, how early stage tech founders can be better supported to scale and going from the seed stage to series A, especially, you know, female founders. Uh, so, yeah, um, what would be your take on that?
2: So obviously a few different questions in there. So my my really my role at Speed Invest uh, I was brought on for female founders and my role originally was really to um, source more deal flow which was female founder deal flow to ensure that we were seeing a very healthy pipeline of women at the fund. Um, I also spend time with them on diligence. You know when we bring when I bring in some deals or so if they are looking at a female founder they tend to pull me in to the deal. Uh, I also do portfolio support. Um, so help, uh, I'm currently helping one of their female founders that we invested in at PreSeed really to raise her seed round. Um, and uh, coming to your second question really is, uh, you know, at Speed Invest we have a whole team, which is the platform team, which essentially works with founders. Um, we are very close to the portfolio companies that we invest in and we help with whether it's sales or HR, people development, um, growth marketing. So, we have specialists within Speed Invest who help our portfolio companies with that. Uh, and separately, obviously, as an angel, I am quite involved with all the companies that I've invested in. I have 26 or 27, I think, that I've invested in now. And uh, uh, I talk to them quite regularly on strategy, on PR, on uh, really on fundraising. You know, since, since that, that is my expertise, I, uh, every time they are raising a new round, then I do open up my rol- decks for them to make sure that they're supported and also look at the pitch deck to make sure it's telling the story right. Sometimes I do practice pitches, et cetera.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I what, what I found really interesting was, uh, so Speed Invest actually has a separate platform, it's called Platform Plus, which provides support to your, um, Uh, portfolio companies so we'd love to learn more about you know what uh, what what are the elements of it and how do you you know sort of use it to provide support to your portfolio company
2: that's exactly what i was talking about right before this question that you just asked me we have a whole team called the platform plus team uh, and we help support we help support in you know uh, things from obviously sales um, you know, we try and help companies get into you know if it's a B2B sale, um, we help with um, growth marketing, so digital product market fit, and we help with people development, uh, recruiting, and then we also are trying to build a community of our founders so they can interact with each other um, and learn from each other. So yeah, our platform team is uh, I think almost as large as our investment team, and so we're definitely in in, in a place and time where capital is a commodity. We're definitely a value add investor because our platform. Th- plus team is almost as large as our investment team so very very involved in our com- companies that we invest in and, and obviously we as investment professionals when they are fundraising also help support them so like i said i'm working with uh, another partner in supporting one of our portfolio companies currently it's a female founder she's raising her seed round uh, and and helping support
1: that got it got it um so making a bit of a shift right now. You're also an Atomical Angel. Um, you're, we were a part of the second cohort of the Atomical Angel program, I believe. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. So um, yeah, I would love to learn more about the program. Um, you know, What does it look like? How do you get involved with it?
2: Yeah, so um, it's a European program, actually. So I'm not sure whether they have an Asian element to it. At least at the current time, they don't. Um, but uh, I was a part of the second cohort and I'm also a part of the Atomico alumni program. So last year I was invited to be a part of the second cohort where they essentially invited, I think it was 14 or 15 people uh, to join the program and they give you about a hundred thousand dollars of capital to invest uh, with the carried interest into the program. So um, I was a part of that. And then this year, earlier this year, they set up an uh, an alumni program, and I was invited back for the next two years, and they gave me another two hundred thousand dollars of capital to invest over the next two years. And essentially, you know, there, there's some criteria. They're like minimum checks you have to do at least two deals you know I've done several more but you have to do a minimum of two Uh, there is a KYC process that you have to go through there's this there is an investment committee memo although I would say that it's not like a bureaucratic process or anything it's quite quick it's really helpful really empowers you as an individual who wants to you know wants to do more angel investing it puts you on the map because suddenly people know you and you know Atomico has a great brand name and to be honest it's a very diverse program so you have operators you have community leaders you have you know you have a sport an athlete this time as well into the program so it's a very and lots of women and people of color so it's a very diverse program um uh, i don't think it's outside of europe so i'm not really sure how it would apply you know to bangladesh but currently it's a european program that you're in it's an invite only program so you can't really apply to it
1: got it got it and um you have uh, i believe you've also you know invested in a couple of companies through the Atomico angel program as well so what did your you know um investment teases look like um like what stage were those companies as well in like were they in seed stage pre-seed stage uh, we'd love to learn more about that as yeah. well
2: so so with atomico given atomico is a series a investor you're only allowed to do pre-series a deals as a part of the angel program so you're not allowed to do um i guess um uh, series A. So the deals that I invested in were like all pre-seed. So really some of them were really angel rounds. There's such like confluence of pre-seed and angel now, but a lot of them were angel rounds. And, and my investment thesis is still female founders and was, has been for the last many years, been female founders, but I do like businesses that have a social impact. So, um, you know, I have invested quite a bit in health. I would say more than 50 to 60% of my portfolio is health. i constantly looking at new health deals. I have invested a bit in fintech, but I would say I'm no fintech expert. You really need to be in the market and doing, be doing fintech deals left, right, and center to but- Really know know it very well. Um, I have done some consumer. I've done some sustainability. So I've done a flushable sanitary pad. I've done a bioplastics company, and I've also done uh, carbon tracking. Uh, and I'm looking to do more. I would love to do alternative fish. Alternative. I think I might be late to the alternative protein game, but there might be some alternative fish product or something um, that I can uh, invest in. I'm hoping I have looked at a few. Um, but really, my investment thesis is female founders or mixed teams, uh, really businesses that are solving for big problems uh, are are first. Of course, I've invested in some, uh, you know, B2B SaaS and other, not many, but really most of my businesses are those that are solving a real social problem.
1: Yeah. Thank you for that. And um, we'll talk more about some of your portfolio companies in a bit. But yeah, before we go there, uh, we'd love to, you know, go into the very essence of the of webinar today, which is we'd love to learn more about Alma Angels. So, Marion, if you'd like to, you know, take over from here and, um, walk, you know, co-moderate the session here for uh, the Alma Angels part. Sure. Sure. Moving on to like Alma
0: Angels, uh, the first thing we'd like to know is a bit more about the origin of Alma uh, Angels, including the name so why specifically Alma? That's so
2: funny because I we remember having this name discussion we went through a few names as four of us and Alma almost means like a community or like a safe place I have to go back and look at what we why we actually picked Alma but um, uh, we went through a bunch of names in fact my co-founder even named her daughter Alma after we, after, because she had a baby while we were setting up Alma, and and we we called her, she called her Alma, um, but it's really like a safe place. I think I'm sure uh, on the website there might be something on the name, but uh, uh, we really, there it is. See, mean to grow and to nourish. Uh, that's why we picked it. But really, the the aim here was to build a community of female angel investors because we felt that we kept running into the same names of women women feel that you need to be really wealthy to write angel checks it's angel investing is like an old boys club you know women don't have access to deal flow women don't have a place to learn about angel investing Um, so didn't want to create another syndicate didn't want to create any barriers wanted a, a place where people could meet and talk and learn from each other and you could learn from more experienced angels and we didn't want to be um we wanted to be sex agnostic so we do have men i think we are 30 percent men 70 women and we have some really strong male angels who are investing in female founders all the time um, and we are about 230 odd members currently and we have invested around 3.5 to 4 million dollars in the last 18 months uh, into female founders or mixed teams. Um, But it really is, you know, it's a free community. There's no, there's no fee to join. I will say that it's an annual membership um, based on investment and engagement. So we do monitor uh, how much you're investing and how you're engaging to the community, with the community in terms of sharing deals or being a part of the educational content or, you know, many Almas set up events themselves and meet up with each other and, Essentially, we don't want to kick you out, but we are monitoring those things to ensure that we are attracting the right people. Also because we're a free community, we want to make sure
0: that we're investing
2: before anything else, that the members are investing.
0: That's very interesting to hear. So drawing from uh, what you just said, so like there are quite a few angel networks that focus solely on women entrepreneurs. So yours focuses both on male and female investors. So we'd love to know more about the reason behind having both male and female investors as opposed to just having a female centered network.
2: Yeah, because we feel that, uh, we truly feel that you can't alienate 50% of the population and expect change, right? Because men also have like very large part of the purse strings. They control a lot of the capital in the economy. So, and so the whole point is to get men on your side uh, so you can invest more capital. So it's definitely not to be alienating to any anybody, uh, sex or color. Um, it, it really is supposed to be inclusive and definitely include male investors in it for that reason.
0: Great. So what would you say are some key gaps when it comes to angel investing that you saw when you first started? I mean, obviously not enough women.
2: Um, you can... Uh, you keep seeing the same men. In fact, there's a, you know, it is, and deals getting done. Um, A lot of the deals getting done with men without even them coming to the market. You know, exited entrepreneurs tend to be men. They want to raise their next round. They'll call the guys who invested in them in their first round or their first, you know, before they had their first exit, they tend to be men, because men are the ones who invested in them, 99% at that point of, you know, the VC community was male, you know, so um, you see recycling of capital happening between the same people. Um, And women also um, are not risk averse by any, by any means, but then uh, need to be educated on a different asset class, right? So, those were some of the gaps we saw including not enough and female founders on the other side not having access to networks finding it hard to access angel investors because it's such a male dominated industry um so wanted to break down some of that cold and warm intro although a warm intro always helps you know even at alma we say that you know people Alma members have Alma on their LinkedIn to so reach out to them before they re, you know it's great to reach out to them and have a conversation with them before you reach out to the network but um wanted to break down some of that warm intro
0: requirement so you know we were trying to solve for some of those um problems. so since you just mentioned yeah so since you mentioned about the membership if you could elaborate a bit about the process of becoming a member we know it is invite only so how does it specifically work how do you reach out or choose and, and then are like, what are the specific requirements of investors each year and the benefits that they get from the membership? So
2: um, the invite is not invite only. We do have a lot of inbound. Firstly, we have a lot of people who are members who invite other members. And they're allowed to do so so if you were a member and you felt there was another member who you wanted to invite to Alma absolutely it's a community driven approach we by no means uh, can can you know we want the community to be self-sufficient and self-managed so and then I get lots of emails and LinkedIn messages and I'm sure my co-founders do too where people want to join Alma in which case if we don't know them at all if it's just a cold approach At that point, we sit down with them, have a 30 minute call to understand why they really want to join Alma and how our vision really fits in with their investment thesis, because it's not about number of people, but really getting the right people in there. Um, And then we do tell them that it's an annual membership based on how much you invest, how much you engage with the community. So, so we're pretty upfront about, about that.
0: So drawing from that, what does the business model of the network actually look like? Since you didn't mention that it's a free membership and there are no user fees. We
2: have no business model as of now because we always wanted to create a free community. It was not something we wanted to make money from. We really wanted to break down some of the barriers that female founders face and also educate more female investors. Uh, All four of us. Are working full-time all four co-founders and this is something we do for the benefit of the female founder community on the side so we it was never an intent to make money we do get sponsors for like real life events so you know some of the vc funds might host an event for us here and there but we have no exchange of money at all
0: Interesting. That's really interesting. Uh, so, uh, so going on to tech. So what does your own tech stack kind of look like? Is it a Slack or Airtable? So if you can. Yeah.
2: So we started as a WhatsApp community and it was super engaged right from the start and it grew really quickly during the pandemic. And we have now moved to Slack an air table so we have run on slack and Airtable, and uh, everything is automated in fact two almas actually had two techie almas helped us automate the whole process we uh, even our website was done pro bono by someone um, but uh, we have forms for everything we have forms to share a deal we have forms to share a member uh, and uh, everything comes in uh, the four, one of the one of us one of us mans the inbox every week uh, and approves deals and approves members and uh, we have slack channels for different, you know, different sector sectors. So we have health and FinTech and sustainability, etc. And we have different people in the community who join those channels depending on their interest levels in, in those industries. Mm-hmm.
0: Sounds good. So um, so a kind of di- deeper dive into how you engage with the company. So how many deals would you say you look at every year or the deal sourcing part, how you do it, the screening process or getting to the investment and how, how the decisions are made about how much to invest or all that? Yeah. At, at Alma or personally? Uh, if you could just uh, give a short description on both in both cases. Okay, so at Alma, it's really, uh, it's a
2: free community, we don't manage any of the deal source, we don't manage the deal sourcing, but if I meet a company, I would definitely tell them about Alma if they were fundraising, and so do all the other Almas, but uh, there is no uh, we, we we as in we don't ma- we as founders of alma don't manage that due diligence process it's really up to the community so if i see a deal coming through on slack that i'm interested in i, I can feel free to reach out to them it's a very adult way of managing the whole thing and, and invite uh, you know I, I can also put on the slack channel i'm doing i'm having a founder call would anybody be interested in joining and usually other almas join and they do a do- joint due diligence Sometimes when we get deeper, we also have a due diligence document that, you know, one of us creates and sends it on behalf of the others, but it's really individual or joint due diligence and they make their own investment decisions. It's very unlike a syndicate. So it's not like somebody else is deciding on behalf of you. Um, when it comes to my own, I'm, I meet several companies a day. Um, and so I would say I meet several hundred Companies a year and I'm looking at three or four angel deals right now I only invest in Europe primarily my portfolio is 99% UK because I feel I can add most value to the companies that are close to me given my networks I did look at a health company in India earlier this year but I did not invest but um, I, I'm literally I do not um, I, I, I feel I don't know the other geographies as much. I will, I am learning about Europe because that is of key interest to me. So I did spend some time in the Nordics. I am learning about the German ecosystem, but each country is, is like a beast in itself, right? So um, I, do, uh, I do a lot of outreach for speed invest, but as an angel, I've still invested mostly in the UK, but I do look at deals uh, in other geographies in Europe. And uh, as an angel, I'm very founder-driven. For me, the most important thing is, oh, am I really excited in the first meeting about these founders? Um, And secondly, you know, how big is this market? Um, um, You know, why are are these guys the right people to build this business? Are they the best people in the world to build this business? Um, What is the mission, vision, passion? Because I also look at, you know, social impact of the business. and uh, mostly really given it's quite early, sometimes they don't even have a product, which is fine. I would do some research on the founders and, you know, do some reference calls and... Um, And in which cases cases where they have a product, I would like to see the product. But usually I know in the first meeting, is this something I want to invest in and I'm really excited about? Uh, Or is this something that I don't want to invest in? The problem area comes from like companies in the middle where you're like, oh, I don't know whether I should invest or not invest or should I spend some more time learning about this? Um, And the more you sleep on it, I guess you realize
0: that you're not that excited about it. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So at Alma, so how do you share, uh, what do you share with investors and how much do you share with investors about the company you're investing in or looking at?
2: So again, it's all, it's the founders actually share their deals. Uh, We don't share anything. The founders have a Slack form that they fill out. They share their pitch deck, they share blurbs about, you know, their LinkedIn, they share, uh, it's a type form. So uh, and of course we want to track gender and ethnicity and et cetera, And so we do ask for that data, but um, it's it's what you would normally see that you need for a founder due diligence for a first meeting, not not like a full full blown data room.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ariana, do you want to continue about a deeper dive on the companies from here?
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you for that, Marion. So um, Thank you. yeah. So for, um, you know, Dipali, in terms of your personal, um, you know, portfolio as well, what are some reasons that you, you know, say no to a founder? Um, what do you mean when you say it's not a fit?
2: Um, I'm I, Usually it's really in the, the first meeting, I kind of know whether, uh, how I feel about the meeting from the way the pitch went, right? So either I can relate to the problem, so, um, or I can well, I'm really excited about what they're trying to build. So when I last year met um, the founder of Shellworks and she was building a bioplastics business, she reached out to me cold on LinkedIn through LinkedIn. She sent me an email. She had done some research on me. She said, I'd love to talk to you. And I think it's always better to find out. I think a lot of the times founders have make like I get so many emails from men, and they know, and it clearly says on my LinkedIn that I don't invest in you know, men, but I still get emails because they've actually not made the effort to really even read my LinkedIn profile. I get so many, um, you know, and and it clearly says I'm interested in these types of businesses, but there's very little that the founder actually does on due due diligence in the angel. And I I feel you can really increase your odds of getting an investment if you get into the head of the angel investor, and it takes only a few seconds to learn a little bit more about them, right? um, I get lots of deals that I have no interest in. Um, so, so the ones that really excited me, you know, the, when I met Shellworks last year, she had emailed me, she had done some research on my portfolio and she said, Oh, I'd love to talk to you because you've already invested in this sector. And I'm wondering if we can have a chat with you and I actually ended up investing, but I knew in the first meeting that she was the type of founder I wanted to invest in. She had, you know, given her background and some of her experience and why she was building what she was building, et cetera. So, Um, it's really founder-driven at that age because she had an MVP that she showed me, but really it was in, in a lab and, you know, wasn't really that much.
1: Yeah, got it. I think that's also a very important learning for most of our, you know, angels in the room as well as aspiring angels. So, um, you know, going back to Alma Angels, um, what are, you know, when you structure these investments, what are, you know, within your member pool, what are the preferred instruments for the investment? What what do the terms look like? The valuation ranges, are the valuation ranges, you know, based on, um, say, the run rates or the stage that the company is in? So I would love to learn more about that
2: yeah so usually you know as an angel unless you're a big ticket writer you're a price taker and you're an instrument taker so you are basically unless you're writing 100000 200 300000 pounds which i'm not you're really accepting the valuation that the company is offering right or the lead angel is offering so um and, and that holds for other other investment syndicates as well um and uh, you know at pre seed mostly are looking at You know, a lot of times you're looking at equity, but sometimes you're looking at a convert when the business is really doesn't does not want to dilute at that point because it's really that early that you don't want to um, take capital and, you know, you can't really put a price on it. So, but really it's a founder driven market now and, you know, founders choose what instruments they want, you know, and as an angel, you kind of go along with them. Um, In terms of price, prices are really high right now. Valuations are really high. Um, But again, what are you willing to pay for a piece of art? You know, that's what the price is. It's not, uh, again, like I said, unless you're a fund or a large angel, you're really not negotiating on those things, Um, you're following on
1: got it got it um you know and then you know following up from that uh, when these investments are taking place do you also look for you know co-investors from you know when your members are also investing from alma angels do you look for co-investors is that something that's part of your role within the investment investment process i
2: mean if i'm investing i always put the deal on alma if I'm investing in something, why wouldn't I? Because Alma has such strong angels. We have very high value add angels who are, you know, operators, doctors, um, you know, really, like really good. There are some venture capitalists in there who are angel investing as well. Uh, so I always put the deal on Alma. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to the members. We Like we said, we are not a syndicate. So we're not driving the flow. People are investing in things that they want to
1: invest in. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. Now, going diving a bit deeper into the companies. Um, you know, what does Alma Angels do? Anything you know in getting these companies from pre-seed to Series A or Series B? Like, do you have any approach to value creation in those different stages, as Alma Angels? Yeah.
2: Again, Alma Angels is a free community, so we're not a VC fund and we're not a syndicate, right? So, um, we are not one of those. Uh, everything in alma is really individualistic so we're not investing as a syndicate we each go on the cap table right so um, whether or not i'm going to help my own personal portfolio company go from seed C- series a that's totally up to me and we have very high value add angels in there so i'm sure they're doing that in their own way depending on the expertise right and when you're scaling you need all sorts of expertise like we just discussed you need sales you need hr you need you know you need recruitment you know need tech you need and depending on your expertise as an angel you might be able to help those companies get through those stages but it's not again we're a free community so I think they're slightly different than you guys are we're definitely not a syndicate um, so we don't operate like that
1: yeah yeah got it um you know speaking of your personal portfolio again um, you know how long do you intend to hold your investments and what does the exit path usually look like
2: yeah so, you know, my portfolio is still quite young. I have had an exit earlier this year, but I still have the stock. It's a fintech company that went public, female founder. Um, uh, actually, very quick exit in four years. Uh, she took her company public on, on the London Stock Exchange. Um, so obviously, it's, um, uh, it's not the normal pathway because normally you would see either a sale or the company is, you know, goes bust. That's what you would normally see. But I tend to hold them at least till, you know, I would like to hold. I do like to follow on if the company is doing well. And even if not, then my, sometimes my female founders are struggling a bit. I would like to show some support in terms of capital. So I tend to follow on uh, at least until series A or series B or until there's a, sometimes there's a buyout of the early
1: shares. Interesting. Um, so, going back to Alma Angels, um, what sector or geographies have been the most active in the last six to 12 months and why? Like, you know, some of these companies that your members have invested in over those last six to 12 months, what has been, you know, the most popular sectors? Or I know you're focused on Europe, but yeah, the most, um, you know, active sector, so to speak. Yeah. What have they been?
2: So, when health was, has been very popular, I have seen that in the last you know, during the pandemic. There was also future of work. There was also gaming that was very popular because suddenly gaming really fast forwarded as well. Uh, Psychedelics. Uh, We've had a few investments into psychedelics, which is, you know, I think the new CBD. Um, So some super interesting sectors. And of course, we've had the normal angel activities into fintech and B2B SaaS and etc. But those are just uh, I'm just talking about that during the pandemic, we did see a huge surge in, in some sectors such as health and future work.
1: Yeah, yeah, agree. Um, and, you know, just shifting gears a bit now, what do you think about a market like, an emerging market like Bangladesh and how would it fit within your, say, your investment strategy? Would you, or are you encouraging your portfolio companies to look into this market?
2: Um, my portfolio companies, a lot of them actually want to move to the U.S., because some of them are obviously consumer-driven. Uh, the others that are in you know, health are, are really looking at Europe and probably the US to grow out um, their women's health offering or their digital health offerings. Um, I have, uh, like I said, I, um, I, I will try and build a network in India, but I'm really not that close to the emerging markets. We do have a, a team at speed Invest that does emerging markets. Um, but I'm not that close because I feel as an angel, I can only add so much value um, when, when the businesses are not that close to me. But, you know, everybody knows that the emerging markets is a great place to be and invest in. Right. So um, as a fund, we have looked at Bangladesh, we've looked at India, we've looked at um Africa, we've looked at, do things in LATAM, so we have people specifically focused on that, but then that's all they do, rather than me, who is, you know, sitting here in the UK and know so little about uh, the other geographies, uh, so I tend not to dabble, dabble in those areas.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. Got it. Um. Yeah. Now, just shifting gears a bit to towards your, you know, your personal portfolio. Um. You did mention it focuses on digital health, femtech, and sustainability. So, I'm um, curious. You know, why these specific industries? Um. And we can talk about I'll, I'll talk a bit about some of your portfolio companies as well.
2: Yeah. So, um. You know, they are the ones that are creating impact so if you think about the you know the problems in the world including climate and you know diversity gender the under-researched areas in women's health uh, you know if I go to my doctor even until today they will tell me when they ask me are you getting chest pains or any pains on your left hand because that signals heart disease but but that's based on what what a man goes through when he's having a heart attack it has nothing to do with what a woman goes through when she's having a heart attack or before a heart attack because a woman's symptoms are fatigue uh, feeling nausea you know those are some of the symptoms when a woman but until until today the gps don't really because there's such an under-researched area because all pharma research has been based developing medicine based on the male body right so so those are sectors i've invested in because i feel like they are game changing they are changing the way uh changing changing things that need to be changed because we have a huge data problem in women's health right uh, and we have a huge climate problem so um so those are areas i'm focusing on because uh, i just find them interesting uh, and they have a large impact social impact
1: Oh, wow. I wasn't aware that, you know, within, we do, women face varying symptoms when it comes to heart attacks. That's an interesting learning. Um, I would love to talk about two of your um, uh, portfolio companies, specifically one of them is Cake Drop. I'm a big foodie. So would love to learn more about Cake Drop as well as another one called Juno Bio. It's in the uh, femtech industry with Cake Drop in the food tech industry. So um, I would love to learn about, you know, what uh, sort of, you know, Put you, encourage you to put uh, do angel investing into Cake Drop? And, um, you know, what stage is it in right now? What sort of a role do you play in these portfolio companies? Like, do you sit on the board? Um, do you, what, what sort of strategic support do you try to provide to these companies? Yeah,
2: personal <laughs> so uh, Cake Drop is the, something I did actually on, on a crowdfunding platform. So it's not my normal way of investing because I usually just write angel checks. But I had met the I had met the co-founders uh, at the office at my office and then they were doing a fundraise and I wanted to support them and it really was like a b2b business uh, ensuring that your employees would receive you know uh, cakes at the office that's how it started obviously during the pandemic they shifted a bit because all the offices were closed so they did become b2c for a while which was a great pivot um, I'm not that involved in cake drop other than obviously, um i do talk to them every now and then when they need help but most businesses i have another food tech company called Hang, why hungry that i've invested in um bringing private chefs to your home um but i just spoke to them a, a few weeks ago they needed some help so i had had lunch with one of the founders um i am on the boards of some companies and and uh, on the advisory boards of some companies so uh, i am on the board of a company called BioCare, care which is a menopause business for women and um, advisory board of Parla. Uh, so quite involved with them. It's a fertility business and Juno Bio, I invested because they're solving the huge data problem with the vaginal microbiome because it's so uh, not really understood uh, in women's health.
1: Yep. Thank you for that. Um, you know, it's great learning about some of your portfolio companies as well. Um, now, you know, would like to shift towards, you know, your, uh, you know, like I said, what specific barriers prevent uh, more women-led startups from being funded uh, from your personal experience and, you know, from your observation, what sort of support do they need? I mean, obviously,
2: on the other side of the table, uh, a very big chunk of the investment committee is at a uh, in, in community, in the, at least in, in our part of the world, is white male. So it is hard when you're pitching a business idea uh, to to someone who is not of the same, you know, doesn't either quite understand the problem you're trying to solve for, or doesn't believe in you, doesn't believe that you can have a family as well as a career and build something really successfully. Um, so a large part is, you know, that, that men on the other side of the table having said that we are all trying to change that which is what i'm working towards and you know speed invest brought me in and i would say that it's probably the first fund in europe to bring in a venture partner with the focus on female founders Right. I've never seen that happen, actually, not even in the US. So, um, you know, there are pioneers in the space. There are people who are trying to change that. There are lots of women who are either starting their own VC funds in order to be able to fund uh, whoever they choose to fund. There are, you know, we want to make sure that there are enough women going through the VC ecosystem from junior to senior uh, to ensure that they can see a clear path to progression um, and that they have flexible. Work, you know, flexible work policies. They have uh, adequate maternity leave, and to be honest, the pandemic has helped in some ways because working from home has become a lot more common. And um, and I feel that we are hoping, you know, we can monetize one of the largest uh, asset classes waiting to be monetized, which is the female workforce. So. Um, you know that and then women tend to pitch probably more authentically not pitching a large enough vision you know for a VC fund to be attracted to you most VC funds the large ones are looking for billion plus dollar outcomes right so you really need to pitch a big vision sometimes women need help with that some sometimes women need help with relationships because a warm intro still gets you gets you you know into into a VC fund versus just a cold email might not so, so there are lots of reasons and, you know, I, I will say that women are building amazing, large, scalable businesses. And, and, and I felt that because I've seen track this over the years and I've seen more and more female founders that are
0: building phenomenal things now. Okay, so jumping on here a bit. So what do women founders and companies looking for VC money have to do differently in the current environment? From I mean, opinion. I don't think it's the current environment. I just think it's that's just the way it is,
2: right? So um, they need to pitch bigger visions. They need to um, go in there, uh, sell a bigger story because you know VCs are looking for those big exits. Um, uh, there is often sometimes also a mismatch because there are some businesses that will never get VC funding, right? And uh, I think founders need to realize that that, you know, there are companies that are not built for VC uh, VC scale, right? So, um, and that's not just for women, that's also for men. I also see businesses that are, you know, that we might not fund because they're not going to reach the scale. So one is understanding the VC that you're pitching to. Are they interested in your sector stage and what is the outcome they're looking for? Pitching a big story, right? And then trying to get in there using a warm intro, although I hate warm intros, you know, uh, uh, it it is the easier way in there. Um, But which is why we have communities like Alma so we can break down some of that warm intro that is required to get to uh, uh, access to. But lots of funds also do female founder office hours. Now, at least in Europe, there's so many funds. There's one that Playfair Capital does and all of us female VCs, join in it's like a two-day event or three-day event and every vc probably is in there meeting the female founder. so there are things that are being done to break down that barrier
0: how would you suggest uh, we create more female angels and investors in the community or how do we engage more successful women to become mentors and investors in startups or even
2: yeah again i'm not you know women need mentoring but it's always you know, we always lead with mentoring, but we forget the capital bit. So I do think the capital bit is equally, if not more important than the mentoring bit, because you will see, meet lots of mentors, but you're not going to meet enough people who are putting money. Um, you know, what we've done at Alma is really create a community where people learn from each other about angel investing, because the only way to learn about angel investing is to really do it. You know, you have to be able to Absolutely. write those checks. Uh, and to be honest, when you write that angel check, you're assuming that you don't want to see that money again, because there's a high likelihood that you're not going to get that money back. Nine out of times that money is written off, right? So, um, sorry, um, I have a meeting right after you guys. Um, so nine out of 10 times, um, uh, you won't get that money back, right? But but understanding that it's a high risk asset class and that you're willing to invest and you know how do you invest better Uh, And you only get better with time. There is no magic to it. You know, the more teams you meet, the better you get at kind of evaluating teams. The more you focus on a certain sector, the easier it is for you to do better deals in that sector, you would hope, just with experience.
0: Absolutely absolutely.
2: You know, uh, we did say that you don't, we don't have a minimum check size at Alma, right? The check size is whatever the founder is willing to take. So if you're a value, I have founders who reach out to me and say, I'm happy to take any check size. It doesn't matter because I want you involved in my business, right? And you're seeing that because capital has now become a commodity and you want people who can add value to your business, right? And and we facilitated that at Alma, we're not a syndicate, but we have used a part of attorney structure, which costs 300 pounds, really, where a bunch of, Angels who can come in, put in 2000, 1000, 5000, and create a syndicate for themselves. We have no nominee structure, but we've still managed to do that for exactly that reason because the retail investor is not stupid and they do, and they are very value add if you get the right people in and they want to invest.
1: Um, Yeah, I have just one last question, if you will. Um, So would you have any advice to young women who aspire to get into this space, um, you know, become angels or, you know, into the VC industry, become tech entrepreneurs? Uh, What advice, you know, that you have used for yourself that sort of worked for you? Just this last
2: question. I mean, those are all three different areas to get into. So I'm not really sure if I can advise on um, tech entrepreneur, but really, um, I think to be an angel investor you need to have capital right you need to have a large diversified portfolio you're not going to say I'm going to write one angel ticket and then I'm going to be done right because the odds are that you're not going to get that money back so I think you need to be either have access to that capital or be of a certain age where you can part with that capital so that's the first thing to remember Um, and when it comes to you know I have always been very relationship driven and in everything that I've always done and I think that you know, building a network which is really of value to other people and be able to help other people I always have this help let me help you how can I help you first approach to relationship building and I think that does help because a lot of the times I can't write that check but I can always spend 30 minutes talking to somebody and at least have trying to help them out by connecting them to other people or advising them on how they might should be looking at something or a problem differently or fundraising differently etc so i think um, uh, building building a network of people who you really know like building genuine relationships um, because that is really beneficial whether it comes to angel investing or vc investing um because i think you at the end of the day it is a very people-driven business you know you're investing in people you're investing with people so having those relationships really helps And again, I did it from scratch because I was an immigrant into the US and had never lived in the UK. So I have built those relationships from, from ground up.
1: Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Love that advice. Um, So yeah, if we do not have any further questions, we can wrap it up for today. Um, Thank you so much, Dipali, for spending your Friday afternoon with us today. And, uh, you know, we loved, you know, learning from you, um, some great insights that you shared. Um, Yeah, and um, let's stay in touch and um, look forward to having you on further sessions as well, as we spin out the women's chapter of BAN. Excellent. Thank you. Thank
2: you for having me, everyone, and have Thank a good weekend. Thank you so weekend. much for your time. Thank you, Mary. Okay.